Hey guys, Sinners Anonymous is here for another talk. We've got some new faces around the table, so let's introduce ourselves. My name is Justine. Mark. Kevin. Karen. Also Mark. Theo. Yeah, we got two Marks, so don't get it confused. Uh, today's topic is actually a highly requested one. We're talking about trauma. Yes, and we will be discussing this topic as openly and honestly as we have been in all the other topics. Um, the only thing is, please be mindful that we will be discussing personal stories. So if at any time you feel like you need a break, pause, and then continue to enjoy this episode. Also, please don't forget to follow us on our socials. Our Instagram is sinners.anonymous, and we have everything linked there from YouTube to Spotify. So don't forget to follow us there. All right, trauma. So trauma, there's a fact of life uh, in this day and age, and that means you're going to go through some stuff. It's going to be some, sometimes it's going to be really hard. Sometimes it's going to uh, teach you a few lessons. Sometimes you're going to understand why. And most of the time, actually, you won't understand why. But this is part of life. This is part of growing and how you deal with it will determine a lot about your present, your future, your identity, your happiness. So uh, today we're going to talk about trauma. We're going to talk about trauma from the orthodox perspective. We're going to talk about trauma from the everyday practical perspective. And uh, our hope is that uh, through our discussions here, you guys will walk away with a better understanding of how to deal with the hardships of life uh, the right way, the healthy way, the Christian way. It's important to um, be mindful of the fact that you have a father in heaven and he wants the best for you. And no matter what happens to you, he's got you. He's got you. He's there for you. Even when it seems like everyone has abandoned you, even when it seems like you're on or you're all alone, even when it seems like your support system is breaking down, don't ever forget your father in heaven loves you more than anything and anyone in the world. And he will always be there for you. And that's what we want to talk about today. So in the Bible, the most traumatic experience, the most traumatic story of all time is the crucifixion. I mean, when you read about the specifics, about what our Lord and Savior went through and, and what uh, those uh, Romans did to him, uh, it's, it's incredible that one man can take so much pain, so much suffering, uh, and still be able to overcome and still be able to uh, be loving and um, merciful and compassionate, even to the people that did these horrible things to him. Uh, not once uh, did our Lord harbor any hate. Um, lots of pain, lots of hurt, lots of incredible suffering but what did he say on the cross lord forgive them for they know not what they do right that's so hard to do especially when you're going through something that is crushing your soul uh that is uh, sapping you of any resource that you have that is really emotionally heavy really emotionally heavy how can we be like our father in heaven how can we be like our lord jesus christ who was able to sustain so much pain innocently he did nothing wrong and and still be able to Live that Christian ideal and love everyone and never give up. Don't give up, guys. Never give up. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on your God. Ever, ever, ever. So we have we have two special guests today. Uh, so we got uh, Mark over there and, and Kevin. Uh, they've got some very, very unique stories, and we're going to learn from them. We're going to learn from these stories. We're going to learn from uh, what they took away from it and uh, you know how, how they came through it all, and are uh, still standing with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and, and standing very strongly, if I might add. They're, they're great servants. They've been with us since the beginning, and they've really been key to this service. So thank you, gentlemen. So let's start off with you, uh, Kevin. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little about your background, what you've been through, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, my name is Kevin. I've 
lived here in West Palm or Florida for majority of my life, my whole life, pretty much. Um, my parents moved here from Egypt a long time ago. Uh, can't really tell you the year, but <laughs> um, we grew up, or I, me and my sister grew up in um, a house up in Palm Beach Gardens, and that's that house is where we still live now because there's a lot of memories associated with it. Um, when I was 13, I believe in 2010, um, my dad got really sick, and uh, he went to the hospital multiple times. No one really knew what was wrong with him. He had bad cough. Uh, his legs would go numb. Uh, one of his eyes, he'd, he'd go blind in on and off. Um, eventually, there was a few times when he went to the hospital. Well, I was too young to really understand what was going on at the time. How, how old were you? I believe I was 13 or 14 13. around that time, yeah. Um, when he passed, it, I, I think it was when I was 14, because it was between the stages of 13 and 14 of the whole sickness in general. Um, we, we were all, we all had hope and faith that he'd get better. And he, he was looking like he was getting better for a while. Uh, but then something hit and he, he went back to the hospital, got worse. Um, and then one night uh, in September, he uh, was laying in bed. We had a few friends from out of town visit and all I remember is just an ambulance light come in through the windows and my family kind of holding me back not really getting to see what's going on and um, my dad was carried away into the through the ambulance to the hospital and from what I know um, he passed away in the ambulance um, yeah this was uh, September 18th in 2010 um, that was, I mean, at the time I did, still didn't know what was going on. Obviously I kind of was in denial cause I didn't, no one told me anything yet. I didn't know what was happening in the ambulance. You know, an hour later, my mom comes home, sits me and my sister down, tells me the whole story that, you know, father's in heaven now kind of hits. Don't want to talk to anyone. Immediately ran to my room, you know, bawling my eyes out. The whole nine, one by one, thankfully, very thankful for my family. One by one, everybody would come into my room, give me a little, just sit down with me, you know, just comfort, and just just say a few words, and then the next person would walk in, the next person would walk in. Uh, all I remember was walking out, and I just saw like 100 people in the house. <laughs> Egyptian uh, style of consolation. Exactly. <laughs> Can't let that one go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was rough uh, having that happen at such a young age. Um, I was in denial for a very long time. Uh, I didn't accept it. I uh, I would have dreams that like, you know, like thinking that he was still there. I'd wake up and then I'd realize, oh wait, no, you know, like it it, it took a while to actually like completely sink in. Um, but I mean, it's it, it's definitely changed who I am. I don't think I'd be the person I am today if it wasn't for that experience. Um, I kind of had to take on big responsibility in the family, and that's kind of what led me to change who I was in general. I mean, just at just such a young age, it's just very difficult to to deal with, you know. Yeah, of course. And and, and when you say uh, it, it's become an important part of who you are, and it had a great effect, um, you know, positively, negatively, both. 
Uh, both, like mentally, negatively in some ways, but also positively, positively because I, anything I do, I kind of look up to the image of my father I had and like, is, is this, like I think, is this, is this who he would want me to be, you know? It, it kind of made me more aware of who I am and what I'm trying to do in my life and kind of mm. make sure I'm making my father proud. Not only my, my father, my two fathers in heaven, you know? Right. That's great. Right. Um, so that's, that's quite the experience to, to go through at 14 years old, especially mm-hmm. when, uh, you know, you haven't fully developed. I mean, there's a lot of emotions. You're kind of identifying your, who you are as, as yourself. And then in comes this very difficult cross that you, that you have to carry. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, can, can you talk more about uh, how that maybe changed your perspective on life? Um, and for the for the better for the worse, you know, what what, what do you think you came away with uh, from that experience in terms of how you viewed your life and people around you? Um, well, I definitely valued my family a lot more. I mean, at such a young age to think about to have those thoughts, you know, because at thirteen and fourteen, you're not thinking about uh, like life after death, or you're not even thinking about death at all. You're just thinking about what's going on in school tomorrow you know like what am I having for lunch kind of thing uh but like I appreciated my family my friends I I was more like self-aware of myself so more aware of the people around me more appreciative of what they're doing of of who they are it kind of I feel like it built this uh empathetic um I don't, I don't know what I wouldn't call it a skill, but just empathetic side to me that I kind of any any person I, I talk to, I kind of just feel for them because I've felt like that's all I've been doing my since I was 13. It's trying to like looking people, looking at people in their shoes, trying to understand what's going on in their life because it's not never really easy and you never know what's going on in people's lives. You know, like they might act like act perfectly fine, which is what I did for like a good while at school acted perfectly fine but you never really know what's going on deep down but yeah yeah that, that's such an important point uh to make uh you guys know that the second leading cause of death uh between 13 and 24 year old is suicide uh and it's so important because a lot of the stories you hear uh from families of people that have taken their own life is uh, we we didn't know we didn't know what they were going through they seemed like they were doing great they were they were laughing they were joking they were having a good time they looked strong you know but nobody really stopped to ask. And when they did stop to ask, the person didn't really want to talk about it. They wanted to, you know, close off their, their emotions themselves. So it's, it's important, you know, this point is a very powerful point, that we don't really know what the other person is going through. And sometimes uh, the only way really to unlock that heart, that soul, is through love mm-hmm. and compassion and patience. You know, they're not going to just talk, start talking to you just because you want them to. That's not how this works at all. Right. Everyone's on their own clock. Uh, but it's important that they're surrounded in this in this uh, environment of love and compassion and patience. And, and I think, you know, your, your family members from the very beginning clearly ha- have done that. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and one could argue that 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 is the man that you've become, you know, because of those experiences. Like you are a very patient and loving and gentle person, mm-hmm. much because of those experiences. So definitely, you know, see see uh, the outcome of that. Um, so more on Kevin uh, later, but let's uh, Mark. Let's let's bring you into the story. So Mark, you have a, a similar story, right, uh, about uh, your your upbringing. So tell us a little bit about you know your story. You know where you started off, where you are, what happened, etc. Well, I moved with uh, my mom and my grandma 
to the U.S. Uh, when I was 13, going on 14. Uh, we lived in Wellington, and then we moved to Lake Worth, where I live now. Uh, it was uh, 2019. Uh, my mom called me, and she told, uh, and I was at work during that time, so I would hang up and tell her I would call you after I get off. So she was like, uh, no, that's urgent, call me now. And I was like, okay. Uh, so she told me that my dad fell and he's not responsive. So I left my work, I ran back home to see what was happening. Uh, luckily the security guards took me to the house directly so I didn't have to walk there. Uh, so I saw my dad on the floor and my mom on the phone with 911 and they were telling her uh, to give him uh, CPR to see if he gains back. And my mom was crying like bowls of water from her eyes. And uh, I see my dad, I'm standing, not believing what I'm seeing. And then the ambulance come and before anything, uh, they tell my mom that he, he's dead. And my mom just starts like a hurricane coming out of her. And uh, sheriff come in, uh, tried to talk with her, but she wasn't able. So luckily some friends came and took her home. And then sheriff kept asking me questions about was he sick. Uh, I just waited until the people took the body out of the house. And then uh, my, my friends offered me to stay with them so I don't spend the night alone. But then I had to go check on my mom. Then I came back. Uh, with my friend. Uh, then, like weeks later, uh, me and my mom, I understood how she was feeling, but I tried to do my best not to make her feel that I'm, uh, that I'm lost without my dad because she would feel bad for me because I'm her only child and I didn't want to make her feel bad. So I found a way to get my frustration out by going out, uh, doing a sport, doing an activity that can take my mind off and just pull my anger away from my mom because I knew she didn't deserve it. So, so you're saying like watching your mom go through that pain created all kinds of emotions inside of you and your outlet was sports or, or some sort of extracurricular activity so that you didn't bring that those negative emotions with you home is that what you're saying yeah because i know she didn't deserve it and i know she's hurting as much as me not even if not even more because she was in love with a man for over 20 years and even though they can have a disagreement about something but the most important thing they loved each other and their relationship with god was like none i have seen before so no matter what happened, they always stick together. And maybe I was at the center of disagreements because my mom would tell my dad, go soften him, don't blame him, stuff like that. Uh, but when it happened to me, I didn't believe it because when I was 13 or 14, I would think about death, but I wouldn't actually say, oh, it w it's never going to happen to me. Like, you, I just would focus on the day and just forget about everything. So you so live in the moment. Yeah, like, yeah. it took me uh, years to understand what living in the moment means. Because I was like, if I, th like, when I used to think about people dying, 
It would come to be around 12, 13 when I first understood what death meant. But it wasn't through an experience. I just uh, was watching a TV show and then someone died and I started crying. Mm. Uh, so I, I would think about it. But then I found out that my life was being consumed by the whole idea that I forgot to live in the day or even the minute that I was living in. So anytime my mind shifted to thinking about it, I would just remind myself that look around my look around me see my family happy everybody everybody's laughing having fun so i would zone on on that moment and make sure that i'm living it and just worry about it another time yeah and kept going through this every time i thought about it yes it's it's a coping mechanism essentially it's your it's your ability to deal with the negative emotions because what would the alternative be to stick stay stuck on these thoughts uh and and that's an important a lesson because sometimes when something bad happens to us um we don't want to stop thinking about it we want to hone in on it and focus in on it and uh you know the stories that we've heard today so far are incredibly incredibly traumatic uh but but sometimes um some simple things can happen to someone like uh, they didn't get into the college they wanted to get into or you know they're of marrying age and they're in a relationship it didn't work out or you know whatever it is and then all of a sudden they get consumed by this idea and it, and it detracts from every aspect of their life. The quality of life goes down, right? Because it's like a, it's like a, a, a this very difficult thought that's just in there and you can't get it out. And it takes away from your happiness. It takes away from the peace in your heart. It takes away from your ability to really live life. You're no longer living life, you know, whether it's feelings of shame or guilt or hurt or sadness. And, uh, you know, for some people, they, they never really recover. Uh, and... Um, and in the, you know they decide to take their own life. And other people, they become so miserable, uh, and they just share that misery around them, and, and they have no really interest of of, uh, of growing out of it. And and this is where Christianity uh, has a very very positive and powerful message, right? Which is when when your life and your perspective are so limited to what happens to you, right? This is all you care about. This is all you uh, you know think about. Then the smallest little disruption in your life is going to be a big deal. But when your perspective is greater, when, when you realize that life is not just about you, but it's about God first and everyone in your life second and all the people that you don't know that, that are suffering or in need, right? Your perspective is increased. And now the, little, little, the littlest things that can happen to you don't really mean much, don't really take away, cannot really take away the peace from your heart, the joy uh, in your life, right? Um, it's like if I took a rock, and I threw it in the middle of a small pond, and I stood on the shores, the reverberations of that rock, the waves that come to me would be pretty significant. But if I took that same rock and I threw it in the ocean, the Atlantic Ocean, right in the center of the Atlantic Ocean, would I ever even see the waves if I was standing? No, I wouldn't, right? So when your perspective is, is large, when, when your life is about God and the people around you, you are very resilient. You can go through quite a bit and still come out, not, not, not even just surviving but thriving but stronger right it's that resiliency that's key right it's that resiliency which god gives us as a gift and in, and in the stories uh that both of you guys shared it is the resiliency that probably is the single most important thing that you learned from that experience like how to go through hell and come back on the other side uh as better men uh as better uh, uh brothers or uh as stronger as smarter as uh more more wisdom, more uh, resilience, right? And, and this, is, this is what God calls us to do. 
Because God doesn't promise us a life on earth uh, that's going to be easy. That's not in there. There are many tribulations in the world, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world, right? You're going to suffer. You can't be a Christian and take up your cross and not be crucified. You, you will see pain. You will be hurt. You will experience things that are quite significant. But what's important is that you never forget that the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, who the Father sent to us in his name, he will be there for us. The Comforter, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, the third part of the Trinity, the Comforter, is there, ready to give us comfort, ready to give us peace, ready to um, you know, give us the promise that, that our Lord and Savior said, which is peace be upon you. It's the one thing our Lord says more than anything in the gospel is peace. It's the one thing he says to them after that they have lost him. After he resurrects, uh, he comes and appears to them and says, peace be with you, right? Peace is all over our uh, liturgy, right? Peace be, we say it several times. Peace is very important. And it's a reminder that the peace in your heart that God has given you as a gift should never, ever, ever, ever leave your heart. You should never allow it to leave your heart no matter what is going on. So if you're listening to these stories and you're thinking, wow, this is, this, is, this is incredible stuff. Like, can't, I can't believe this happened to, the, to, the, to these guys. Um, just oh, remember, when, when you're going through your own little tribulation, how insignificant it really is in the grand scheme of things. And how things could be a lot worse. And how God is protecting you and loving you. And if these guys can go through what they went through and come out stronger on the other side, then, you know, big whoop, you didn't get into the medical school that you wanted to. Or whatever it is, right? You can overcome. What about the rest of you guys think? Well, and I know your story is not over. You've got more to share. But let's open up the circle here. What do you guys think about what you're hearing now about uh, trauma, about resiliency, about strength? I think there is um, a natural response in the human nature, fight or flight. I'm sure everybody has heard of that. And a lot of times when somebody goes through a traumatic experience, this decision to fight or flight or fly away or reject the traumatic experience is often what dictates the path the path that the person is going to take or how they're going to overcome this tribulation so a lot of times like in in both of your situations you could have had you maybe had like a period where you were in denial you could label that as a flight you know where you're trying to run away from the problem you don't want to address it because it hasn't um it hasn't sunk in yet. It's it's it hasn't become a reality yet. You know, it's it's hard to really have that digest in your mind. And so until that you you face the problem, that's you know, a lot of times a lot of people go through depression, suicide, suicidal thoughts or other um um negative ways to cope with a traumatic experience because they don't want to face up the problem or the experience, you know, right on. So what they try to do is resort to other things such as alcoholism, drugs, um, you know, other forms of addiction that'll, that'll get their minds off of whatever happened because they cannot cope with it if they face it face on and numb the pain. Exactly. Yeah. They're trying to numb the pain. So I think, a lot of times it is a scary thing to take on a problem head on. It is scary. It's hard. As humans, it's something that sometimes it's too much for us to bear. But I think kind of like what you were saying, Theo, and kind of what Kevin and Mark did, um, the comfort of the Holy Spirit provides so much um, strength, so much wisdom, and so much comfort you know in in overcoming these problems and i know that sounds really corny overstated 
you know, everybody talks about, oh, pray to God, you know, God will, Rabbina Yishvi, you know, stuff like that. But it's so it's so true to see how much God's impact and, and how much comfort you can really receive when you do ask for it. Um, when you're looking into a problem and to solve it on your own, or when you're, you're faced with a tribulation, you taking it on your own is not the right way to do it. Um, finding comfort in God's eyes and, and um, you know, throwing that problem onto him is probably the best way any human could face it because, you know, God doesn't give us a problem that's too large that, you know, he can't handle on his own, you know. Amen. 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 Right on. Um, which brings up a great question so, to these gentlemen. Um, how did God factor into what happened to you? What was your relationship with God beforehand, in the middle of it, and then afterwards? Did, were you able to do what, what uh, Justine was talking about? And, and uh, was it easy? Was it difficult? I'll start with you, Kevin. Um, so my relationship with God before was just the traditional relationship a Coptic kid would have with, with God. You know, like you go to church, you attend Sunday school, you're a deacon, at least for a guy. <laughs> you're a deacon, and you're you're just doing what your mom and dad tell you to do. And... Like, yeah, you believe in it, and you don't really think too much about it, right? Um, after the fact, um, I, I feel like I was pretty distant from God. Um, it did take a while. It was nothing immediate. I didn't seek God in the beginning, um, and that was the difficult part of it. But once I finally started to seek God, I think that's what pushed me towards healing and recovery from the trauma, you know? Would, would you say you were angry at God or you were just distant because, you know, you were feeling sad? Both. Yeah, no, definitely a little bit of both. Like, I didn't, I was angry because it, I, I thought it wasn't fair, you know? It wasn't, it just wasn't fair for everyone, not only just me, like my mom, my, my sister, it just wasn't fair. And um, I also was sad, so I just didn't find, I didn't, think to look for comfort in God. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people kind of feel guilty about the fact that they're angry with God because, you know, when you talk to someone, like their immediate reaction is, you know, talk to Abuna or open up your Bible. And I, I think it's kind of, it's um, not ignorant, but it's, it's a little harsh to just force someone that way when they're, you know, their whole belief like this this god that was with them this entire time just gave them this big tribulation so i think it's 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 fair to consider that you know in the beginning you may be distant you may be angry with god but you're saying when you came back that was a way to help you heal Mm -hmm. exactly what about you mark well like before the incident uh my relationship with God was the normal. You go to church, you serve, you you try not to do anything wrong or be as good as you possibly can. Uh, but after, it was distant, but not because I was angry at God. I didn't have a chance to get angry. Uh, my mom, at this point, uh, was... Her main focus was me, so she wouldn't give me a chance to think about what is the reason or is God the reason or anything. Like, she she gave me a connection that 
anybody more than a mother, more than a best friend would ever give you. So she, uh, she occupied my mind through all the time for a year, uh, but I could know, I could see and feel that he wasn't around and I can see it in her eyes. I can understand that she's in pain and I hated seeing her in pain, but I really didn't fall into, I, I blame God. I'm angry at God because I didn't have a chance to. Can I bring, can I say something? Yeah. Um, so obviously I can't speak on both of you guys' situation or anything. Um, but how you said you didn't have a chance to, you know, blame God or, you know, anything like that. I feel like a lot of people who do go through trauma, a lot of times they don't have a chance to, you know, even, like, come to terms with their own feelings or their emotions or anything like that because the world just keeps on spinning and... In the specific case of losing a family member, especially a parent, you know, you, like, both you guys are the oldest. You said you're the only child. Yes. You have to pick up the slack, kind of, you know? So, even if, you know, Kevin, something... Kevin, I think you're the younger one, right? Yeah, I'm the okay. younger one. But you're a guy, so, it, like, sometimes yeah. the guy has to fill in the foot. Especially yeah. in Egyptian culture. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So, you guys definitely have to, you know, mature very quickly kind of like you know again like justine said you guys are both males and in the culture it's like you're now you know kind of like the head of the household so that's huge you know like especially at a young age like that um but for a lot of other people i feel like it's very similar and they end up just holding in all these emotions all these you know pain all this pain and you know tribulation and all this stuff to a very you know to adulthood right and I feel like that affects them, you know, when it comes to their own personality and their own, like, other situations later on. If they don't cope with it correctly. Exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah I mean, um, the, the, the fact of the matter is um, being angry with God, being angry with yourself, being angry with your parents um, when something traumatic like this happens is, is part of the process for a lot of people. Not for everyone. But for the most people, I would say, just because um, usually when uh, these events happen to us, they're not exactly planned. Like it's, it's like it's not like anyone knew this was going to happen. Or uh, if you are blessed to have a situation where, you know, someone's getting sicker and sicker, um, you know, you might think that you're ready, but then it happens and you're not ready. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how mature you are. It, just, it doesn't matter. It's still a shock. It's still PTSD in many ways. Right. Because you'll keep reliving the moment. Um, when you guys were both telling your stories, I can see through your eyes that you were back in that moment reliving everything that happened, the detail that you were sharing, you know, the way that you were talking. So, so it's not that these things uh, ever will leave you, but um, they're not supposed to. They're not, they're not supposed to. Like, uh, keep in mind, uh, God is timeless. God already knows the type of man that each of us and woman, the type of man and woman that we're, each of us is going to become. And as a true father, he is molding us into that state, into that ideal state, into that image of himself. And um, not necessarily that uh, it's not that necessarily that everything that happens that's negative to us is done by God, because there's a lot of negative things that happen to us because other people do them to us. It's not like God said, hey, you go do this to this person. And no, that, that's not how it happens. God gave us free will. And sometimes people do things to each other that, uh, that are just not uh, godly at all. They're just horrible, horrible things. But if I were to tell you that doesn't matter, a lot of people would freak out and say, what do you mean it doesn't matter? Well, from God's perspective, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter how, what, 
how bad things other people do to you because at the end of the day, he's your father in heaven and he will get you through it. He will get you through it. It, it doesn't matter what it takes. It doesn't matter how much time it takes. It doesn't matter you know, how deep down in the depths of your soul you have to go. He's not leaving you. He's not. He's not abandoning you. And you can kick him and you can yell at him and you can hit him as hard as you want, but he loves you so much he will not leave you. So you, you want to get angry at God? Go ahead, get angry at God. You want God call you want to call God names? Abuna, forgive me. But but go ahead, call 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 God names. The important thing is you don't stop talking to him. The important thing is that you don't leave him. He'll never leave you. But if you walk away from him, that's your choice. You know? But the important thing is that you continue to communicate with him. Remember what Revelation says, right? I vomit you out of my mouth for you. You are neither hot nor cold. Right? What does that tell us? It tells us that it is more hurtful for God for us to be apathetic towards him and say and just ignore him than it is for us to be angry at him or mad at him, right? God would rather have us uh, in communion with him at all times, even if it's not, you know, the best possible relationship, right? Because he can help you if you stay with him. But if you walk away and you deal with your difficulties the way Justine was talking about with these worldly things, guess what? You're not dealing with anything. You're running away. You're running away. And running away makes it so much worse. One, you don't cope with it. Two, um, it affects you in the long run. So in the futures, you'll you'll have problems developing connections with other people because you have this traumatic incident that's blocking you from moving further. So it's kind of just like a huge stumbling block that people often have to go to like intensive therapy to get over these traumatic experiences, which in some cases is required because it's such a big impact. And, you know, it, it comes to a point where the mind tries to black out that memory, but it's still there, but the person is still unable to cope with it, but they're still aware that it's there. So like, it takes a lot to get over and overcome these these traumatic experiences. But, you know, with, with God's grace, I feel like he, he hasn't left us. And I think, you know, back in the day when... Um, you know, people still died, family members still died, and it was still as impactful, I feel like, as it is now. And, you know, God didn't change from then to now. He's still compassionate. He's still loving. He's still comforting. And I think people just reaching out to him is something that a lot of us don't often do, whether if it's a big traumatic experience or a small you know, stumbling block. I didn't pass a board exam or I didn't get a job, you know, things like that. Um, but I think a lot of us really understate the impact of reaching out to God in these situations. Yep. I want to piggyback off of a few things all of you said. Um, there's something like my mom would say in the beginning when everything happened, um, like everything happens for a reason. Everybody's heard it. Mm-hmm. But my mom, like if you know her, you know that that's what she says for everything. Yeah. At the beginning, obviously, that's for a kid that's annoying to hear because you're like, how, what is the reason? Asking the questions. Um, but now it's like my model, too. You know, like I, no matter what happens, it happened for a reason. I don't know the reason now. I might not ever know the reason, but I know God had a reason for it. Mm-hmm. So this happened to me, whether how big or how small it is, not getting into the school you wanted to go into or someone passing away or a breakup or whatever it is. It happened for a reason. It's going to shape who you are who, or who God wants you to be. Um, another thing is, is like, God speaks through people. So, like, someone out there is always going to be willing to listen. Like, this is for everybody else that's listening to this conversation that is, is going through some kind of trauma or just struggling. 
Um, someone's willing to listen. Just be willing to talk. You know, whether it's going to be a family member, a friend, or just a therapist, anyone, and God will speak through them. Hearing all you, all of you talk about it and saying that you want to ignore the fact that someone passed or you have a trauma and resorting to drugs, it's not like what I'm trying to say is you're delaying the inevitable because drugs have the effect or getting drunk or how, however you want to deal with it. it. For people, they believe it makes them forget. But here's the point. It makes them forget to a point that when they come back to realize what they're going through, it even hits more harder. So they resort to more and more. And then at a point, it will go way too far that in, instead of dealing with it and trying to live with it, you're just like way overboard that there's no coming back for you and you feel that the life is over you cannot move on and that you're stuck in your past and that everybody to you is like you don't need you don't need them because they cannot help you in any way you think and you just want to close and whether you try to get rid of it whether you, you think i'm done this is my life it's over you will you're dead from the inside because your heart and your personality is not is not filled with love joy or anything you forget anything that made you happy and you just focus on the pain it brings you and then you keep drinking again you forget then all comes back in a shock and what you could have dealt with earlier if you just would have taken the harder choice at the beginning is now way too hard that you cannot even Get out try of to approach it. No, you're stuck in there. Yeah. And that's... Breeze, baby, breeze. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about God's perspective and let's talk about the enemy's perspective because uh, this is a perfect segue for this. So uh, what do we know about God and how he deals uh, with, uh, with us when we're in hardships? I have known you since uh, before you were in the womb, I have written you on the palm of my hand. Look at the birds of the air, the lilies of the field, how they neither toil nor spin, yet God takes care of all of their needs, right? So if God is going to take care of the birds and the, and the flowers, then what about us, right? Not a single hair shall fall from your head without the Lord, the, your Father in heaven knowing about it. So if God is counting the hairs in our head, don't you think he's going to be there for us when something way more serious happens? And then the last one, all things happen for good for those who love God and do his will. So that's a bit of a contract, that last one, right? If you love God, meaning you love God above all else, you know, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, right? If you put God first in everything and you do God's will, not just for yourself, not just, you know, pray, read the Bible, but also for everyone around you, right? then nothing shall happen to you. Even if it seems evil, even if it seems bad, even if it seems like it's destructive, shall not happen for you unless it is for your benefit, according to your Father in heaven. And of course, your Father in heaven knows exactly what you need at the right time that you need it. So is God a liar? No. No, of course not. Uh, God does not lie. God is love. God is honest. God, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No one shall come to the Father but by me. So we know that God doesn't lie. So which, which means that these words that he spoke to us, which are uh, forever enshrined in the Holy Bible, are facts. Yeah, yeah, right? No cap. 
So the, the, these are the words of Christ, and they are truth, 100%. Do we have faith is the second question. Do we, so if God is not a liar and we truly have faith, then we must believe in what we, we read, right? Well, that's the problem. Right. That's the first problem. Mm-hmm. Can I say something? Absolutely. Uh, well, later in the, the incident, I lost faith. Like, like anybody would tell me, I know how you feel. I was like, like, excuse my friends, but that's cap. Like, you have no idea what I'm going through. Uh, it's like they are try, uh, trying to console you, but again, you don't know what I feel. So how can you say, oh, I've been in your shoes. I know how you feel. Everything happens for a reason. And at this time, like, why should I suffer through this pain and misery and reliving the day over and over and over again, especially like later? I could relive months of pain of my own pain every hour so they uh, someone comes and tells me oh i know how you feel i'm so sorry for your loss well tell me something i didn't know like uh it's funny but uh like going through my mind is like i okay that's like the you don't everybody that tells you oh i'm sorry for your loss there's no, no second answer to it. It's like, okay, thank you and move on. But then you don't want to be rude to them and tell them, oh, do you really know how I feel or anything? It's like, okay, thank you. But inside it's eating you up because you actually... It reminds you of the... It reminds me and nobody was with you during that time except you. And uh, like when you regain the faith, if you're able to, you will understand that God was with you, but at this time you couldn't think of Him, because uh, let's let's be real. People don't think about anything that they cannot see or understand, unless they are like their faith is like saints, or even higher. And that's how I felt. Like I didn't have faith because I couldn't see or understand why why it was happening, and it took me a long time to understand. But like uh, like we said, it's it will be later. Like you you felt offended when people would say, "Oh, I know how you're feeling," right? Because right, I mean, it's not, not as evil. much as offended, but as in like, how dare you? Like yeah, more pain than offense because like because we're lying to your face. Yeah, like oh, I have been through it. Like excuse me, have you lost your parent and you live alone now and that's going through your minds? Stuff like that. If you think about it, it's um, I think the reason you'd feel upset when people say that, and that's obviously you know, cap using your words. Um, it's because Those are my words. Huh? That's what I hear all you guys saying on the on the YouTube. What, what is it? I don't even know. What, on the what YouTube, nice. <laughs> like, I hope it doesn't mean anything bad. No, no, no. no cap it's, means like no BS. Life, you know? Oh, okay. no BS. But um, well, that means something bad. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. But um, I think it's because if you like I said, if you think about it. It's uh, almost as if they're trying to get out of the awkward situation, like that awkward talk. You know, it's like, oh, you know, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't know how to talk to you right yeah. now. Yeah, people but, don't know what to say. Yeah, but then like, but, you, you can't really, you know, fault them because it is a pretty difficult situation. But at the moment, you're the one hurting, so it's like, don't lie to me. You know? Yeah, yeah. It, it's an it's an example of a disconnect between um, yeah. 
between what the, the person that's going through the trauma, through the pain, through the PTSD, mm-hmm. and the person that wants to provide comfort, right? There's this this inherent chasm between the two, right? Mm-hmm. Here's this person, arguably at the lowest part in their life. And here we are on the outside being like, I feel so bad. I feel so bad. I want to do something. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do, right? So I'm just going to stick with what I hear everyone else says and do, right? Almost on autopilot. But sometimes, we're, you know, without even trying, you know, we're, we become a little bit insensitive to the experience, right? Uh, Ken, has, you know, has anyone here, you know, uh, gone through the experiences that, that, you, that you've gone through? Um, you know, most of us probably not. Uh, but um, can any of us feel the pain that you went through? Probably not, um, unless you actually go through the experience. You had a support system. Mm-hmm. He didn't, right? And in fact, <laughs> there's more to your story. We need to get to it because it's very powerful. You know, so, so even, even between you two, there's differences in the experiences that you went through. Now, I'm sure you can understand each other a lot better like, than any uh, of us. But can yeah. I be honest? Uh, yeah. One, uh, like after the second part of the story, people get to know it. My, o- my only support system was sitting next to me. Honestly, uh, he was there for me months. Aww. Like, he he knew how I felt. Like he was there for he me. He actually knew how you felt. You know? No, like even not just the pain, but him being there as a friend, as as a brother. Mm-hmm. Even his mom told me he's your brother. Whenever you need him, he's there for you. And I honestly, like, when you ask me how I met him, it was at church. And we didn't even know each other until like two years ago. And we didn't even become close together until the second part of the story helped, happened. Like we would say hi, hug, uh, we, we guys are friends. We didn't even hang out. But then after all this happened, the first person who would walk through my door and, le- and be the last one to live was him. He would ask me, do you need anything? Can I do anything for you? Even though if he was busy, he would still make the time for me. And during that time, I could appreciate him. But at the same time, I couldn't go through. I couldn't express it because what I was going through was even worse than hell on earth. Yeah. There's beauty in this in this part of the story. And how um, proof that God's word is truth. Um the fact that Kevin came into your life when he did uh, is not only uh, an example of God's love, uh, but the fact that God has a plan for everyone, right? And don't make crazy inferences and say, well, you know, in order for Kevin to be there for him, you know, Kevin had to lose his father so that you can... No, 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 no. No one's saying that. No one understands what's in God's mind and why things are... are, are I would say not because he lost his father, but I would say a real friendship. Right. And a heart and a personality and empathy to the person that has the trauma and the uh, and the way you would deal with mm-hmm. them like uh for which, which which if you if you remember these are things that kevin said he learned from his experience right so he goes to his experience he learns from it and then having grown as a man uh, no longer a 15 year old just this man that's been blessed by the grace of god because of his experiences he turns around and, and helps you and mark i've seen you with your empathy and your love and your compassion help those around you even when you are in no position to help you still love you still guide right it's almost as if god takes that which is negative which is destructive which is painful and blesses it with his grace and all of a sudden that which was supposed to destroy us builds us up in ways that you can never even imagine that's 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 the beauty of it let's get to the the rest of the story because you've mentioned it quite a few times um so uh take us back so your your mother your uh, father passes away you're going through this experience with your mother and then okay uh so 
usually around March uh, the next year, my mom goes to the hospital. And I'm like, yeah, it's the checkup that she does every year at the same time, same month, maybe same day around, give or take a week Like a regular so. checkup? Uh, well, for me, it's a checkup, but she goes to the hospital, stays a week or two, and then she's out. And I think, okay, she's going in back for a checkup. Boy, was I wrong. Uh, uh, I believe she went into the hospital Saturday. This was like a week or two before Palm Beach State College shut down for Corona and everything. And everybody started looking at Corona as something that's deadly. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was a Saturday and I was outside with my friends. And my I, my mom told me she went to the hospital and I was I was mad at her because I'm like why, why didn't you tell me so I can come with you? She was like no my friend took me and I will be good. So we stay in contact Monday comes Monday, she tells me I need you to come to see me tomorrow, and uh, give give me some stuff like toothbrush mm -hmm. etc. So I was like yeah sure. So around eleven thirty I call her again. She doesn't answer, and I was like, oh, maybe she's sleeping. So I go to my own bed, sleep, uh, but I don't sleep automatically. So at 1.30, I get a phone call from a number that I don't know. It doesn't even look familiar. And I was like, okay, let me answer. So it's a doctor telling me that my mom needs a surgery or she will die. Uh, I was like, okay, do it. Uh, and then I call my uncle at 3 in the morning, and I'm like, sobbing like I don't think I've ever cried like this in my whole life uh, and I'm freaking out he's like I'll be on the next plane from Canada and he's coming he comes in the next morning and I'm like freaking out I stayed up for like seven hours waiting until the surgery was done I would call and be a nuisance every two hours asking tell me I want to know I want to understand and they were like uh, well the doctor hasn't come out yet and when they said the surgery was successful, I was like, finally, I can breathe. Uh, fast forward week after week after week, I figure out that my mom was being sedated for a month and a half just so her heart could, st could stop exerting its energy. So they bring her out from sedation gradually. So your mom was under sedation for a month? Uh, more, but yeah. Wow. And for me, that's hard because even though after she fully came back, you could hear the pain and the weakness in her voice. And like my mom lived with this condition for years and nobody could not, uh, notice a thing or understand. So when you see the weakness and the fragile state she was in, it was like, it's like somebody stepping on my heart every it crushes, minute. yeah. Uh, and then when they said my mom is coming out, I, I was over the moon because she's going back, everything will go back to normal. She comes home, the first thing she does is kisses me and she's, she's happy to see me and I'm more than happy. But I can see on her face the tired, the weakness. Like, the point is she couldn't walk to anywhere, so I would carry her to the bathroom, carry her upstairs, downstairs, wherever she needed to go. And she had dialysis three times a week, which was like, she was like, uh, she wanted to die at this point because she wanted to feel God's mercy. Mm -hmm. And me hearing that was not 
easy. Yeah, and I understood that it was it was the end. I knew it, and I was trying to make every moment count. Uh, so three weeks passed. Uh, um, my mom went to the hospital on Tuesday, or so people told me. Uh, but when I called to ask what hospital, they told me it's in Wellington. But they didn't tell me which one in Wellington, and they told me the evidence didn't tell them. So I was like, okay, I will go with it. Uh, but then I started asking questions because there's only one hospital in Wellington, and my mom would never go to it just because of previous experience. So, so I looked online, even called the Wellington Hospital, that is not, and all I found was vet clinics. So, moving on. Uh, I found something was fishy uh, because the same thing I used with my mom so she wouldn't have to leave the hospital because she wanted to leave the hospital when everything broke out and I used to tell her oh well we can because something is happening on the outside you cannot uh, you cannot deal with it so we will wait until you can get out so basically my uncle I had finals my last two finals were on Thursday and she went to the hospital on Tuesday but on Wednesday is when I started asking questions and then uh, Wednesday at around 9 Abuna comes uh, my mom's friend comes and my uncle's best friend come in and they tell me and I was like like seeing three people just outside my door I could know what they're going so my reaction was like uh, everybody's trying to warn me and I'm like uh, I go upstairs uh, uh, put my face in a pillow and yell as loud as I can but nobody can hear because it's muffled so so for them it's like I had no expression but uh, but then nobody knew so I I have my finals people don't leave my side and at this point, it took like weeks before you could even realize what just happened because you're just so busy with people around you and trying to talk to you and tell you, how's this, how's that, are you okay, are you feeling? And honestly, you cannot uh, just go to people and tell them, oh, well, I feel like hell. It's, uh, because don't, don't get me wrong, but they won't do anything. They cannot help at this point. So, month after she died, uh, it was the, pi- uh, the part of the ca- pandemic that everybody just stays home, mm-hmm. does nothing. It's like, and reliving every moment for 24 hours every day, it's like there's a moment where it didn't skip your mind. Because you're sitting at home not doing anything? Yeah, mm-hmm. like... My lifestyle got so toxic that I would sleep in the morning and wake up at night and just either call myself names, blame God, be angry at everyone, not even want to pick up the phone when someone calls me. Like, I don't want to talk to you. Just get out of my face. I I don't want to hear you. Don't ask me any questions. And when people ask me, how did she die? Was she okay? And I'm like, I don't want to hear this. Like, get out. It's like, I don't need you right now. Uh, and this stayed for like almost a year like I was in the state that 
I hated myself more than anything and God, but I felt that so for, so for those that um that have never gone through anything like this, one of the questions they're gonna ask is why did you hate yourself? Because there's always certain moments in life that you could have dealt with it better and maybe that could have changed the outcome because you honestly don't know where the problem came. You're just trying to find yourself an excuse. Well, it's not an excuse as much as you're just focusing your pain on yourself rather than... It's easy to blame yourself. Yeah. Really. Yeah. So it's it's guilt, it's, it's, it's hurt, it's what ifs, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I could have fixed this, I could have changed this, I could have done something different and, 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 and utilized my time better, but I didn't. Is that what it is? Yeah. And yeah. my problem is, uh, for me, I'm a person who plays stories in his head. Like, if this just changed, I could... Like, my problem is, I don't know if people have the same problem or not, but my problem is, if I change just one tiny detail, I can give you a hundred possible outcomes for any sort of scenario. So when you take just one change, one detail... So imagine I had hundreds and thousands of details that I could change. Imagine what was going through my head. Insanity, essentially. Like, I could lose all my hair and still be going insane if not what happened after. Can I I ask a question? Yeah, sure. Um, I know I feel this personally sometimes when I'm, you know, going through something or feeling some, some sort of way, but do you guys ever feel like you like the sadness in a sense like it's comforting in a sense like have you ever felt that way before um especially like when you're alone right you're alone nobody's there you're just like i guess in a way it's like it feels like relief you know like it's sadness you know like this is just it is what it is kind of in a way i don't know how else like a a comfortable place because that's yeah you knew that like you were there already Yeah, because, like, at a certain point in time, you had to deal with everything alone. I mean, and in that stage, you thought you were alone, you know? Like, this is the stage where I'm talking about, like, you didn't think about God. You didn't think about that he was there with you, you know, standing by you. Mm -hmm. So when, yeah, when, when, when there's things that happen in my life now or, like, in the past between then, yeah, there was, there was points where I just, you know, I'd, let me just sit in the sadness, you know? Mm-hmm. This is what I know, you know? Yeah. It's just where I'm comfortable. I, I like, And then eventually, there's, like, a process to it. There's God gets back involved <laughs> yeah, in it. Like, it's, sure. just, it's just it's a whole process to it. But, yeah, there's there's definitely a point where it's, like, the sadness is, is kind of where I need I need to start. Mm-hmm. I need to just, I'm comfortable here. I don't want to talk to anyone. And then eventually, it's my, my own healing process, you mm-hmm. know? Definitely. Okay, so for me, uh, I was alone. And the fact being alone doesn't mean I wasn't around friends or some something. Alone is inside. You feel the loneliness inside. Yep, definitely. But at the same time, I was like, there's no one here who gives anything. Uh, I can do whatever I want, basically, and nobody could uh, say any word. And then there, there comes the people when, oh, look, his parents are dead. Uh, Let's be nice to him uh, because of what he's been through. And and yes, I liked it to a point, but then it becomes so annoying that you feel that you're disabled because you lost your parent. You don't want to feel pitied. Mm-hmm. No, at like, point, right? at a, 
I don't I don't like pity. Like I would rather you hate me mm-hmm. to my face than be pity because of something that I've been through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I went down. Like you could find down and I could go below. Like it's real. I forgot God, I forgot everything, I've even forgot myself. I just let myself drown in sorrow and didn't even accept the fact. Like I would have dreams and nightmares about my mom that would make me up and the pain like i could still hear her voice in my head months like i can still hear her voice till now but you replay the moments in your head and you cannot you cannot help but start crying because of the pain like a year ago you had two parents a year later it's like you're just alone in a house where they used to have make memories with you Mm -hmm. so did you ever feel like um, at some point that you, you were so comfortable and being sad that moving on was almost like disrespectful to your parents or to your who, uh, the person that you lost? Their memory. Yeah. I felt moving on was not a choice. Like for me, moving on Maybe was not an option. Choice. It wasn't an option. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know if it, I didn't want to move on or it, it wasn't an option for me, but I couldn't think beyond it. Mm. Like like back then uh, before all of this happened i used to think i would be an engineer have a family and have a life but at this point i couldn't see myself doing anything tomorrow like as soon as tomorrow not 10 years 12 years five years like i didn't have a goal or a purpose in life right so we talked about what god does right for us in these moments what the promises that god has made and we said we were going to talk about what the enemy does, but this is a great opportunity to talk about that. So the devil wants to push us into a bottomless pit. And it's not just a bottomless pit that we read about in Revelations, which is hell. It's a bottomless pit in, in our hearts, in our minds. And when he wants to push us into despair. He wants us to feel sorry for ourselves. He wants us to stay and wallow in this filthy, dark pit of woe is me, woe is me. When you read the book of Job and you read about how, you know, Job was in mourning and his friends came and three of his four friends were just very negative influences and you must have done something wrong. You deserve this or, you know, you, uh, uh, you know, God must not love you or all these horrible thoughts. Right. You know, the book of Job is written as a way that uh, kind of reflects the crazy, insane, uh, torturous thoughts that per, uh, that are very pers- pervasive in our minds when we're going through hardships. You deserve this or they hate you or, you know, you're not worth it. Or this happened to you because you're a bad person. All these horrible thoughts, right? Or uh, no matter how good you are, something is always going to happen and it will be your own fault. Yeah. Yeah. So why even move forward if you're going to lose everything else? Why try to build anything with what God has given you if if someone's just going to come and knock it down like a tower of dominoes? What's the point? You know, Job's own wife told him, "Curse curse God and die. I, so 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 the, the the point that we're 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 trying to focus on is that is the devil. That is the devil pushing you deeper and deeper into despair. Because the idea is this: what is the one sin that is unforgivable? Losing hope. Specifically, yes. Yeah, so, so so the Bible right. is very clear. So so the, the grieving the Holy Spirit. Blasphemy. Yeah. You know, grieving the Holy Spirit is the one the one sin that is the and what what did the church fathers translate that is it's uh, ending your life or t- or. or 
going towards the end of your life or taking your own life and never once uh, really reflecting on God's love and never really trying to do God's will. And someone who commits suicide, that is an unforgivable sin. You can't go to heaven if you commit suicide because you're essentially saying that which you have given me, I forsake, I forsake you, I forsake everything. I, I have decided to take my life. The thing is, this is not your life. This is the blessing and the gift that God has given you. God has willed you into existence because of his love for you, and he will never leave you. But when people push further and further and further and further away from God, it is so hard to see him. It's like this. Imagine you're in a room, and it's just a room, and it's a very small room. Maybe it's six by six, not very big. And there's nothing in the room. There's no windows. There's no doors. There's nothing in the room. It is just you and the Lord Jesus Christ. And you are only standing three feet from each other. And you can reach out and you can touch him. You can feel, you're so close to him, you can feel the energy, the, 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 the heat. You can see his light. You can see his beautiful face. You can smell the incense. Uh, can, you can just, you're enveloped in his love. You're enveloped in his love. And it's the best feeling in the world. But then as you grow older, you start filling the room with stuff. It could be good stuff. It could be your education or you know raising a family or uh you know it could be it could be bad stuff it could be sins and pleasures of the world and lusts and and you know internets and whatever it is it, it, it can continue just to be stuff the problem is you're filling this room with more stuff and more stuff and more stuff and and though christ has never left he's always just three feet right in front of you and you have never left what's happening is things are being stacked in between you and him and so after a certain amount of time you can no longer feel him because there's so much stuff. You can no longer see him because there's so much stuff and it's blocking out his light. You, you can't feel his presence. You can't feel the heat that come radiates out of his body. You can't smell him. And it gets to the point that there's just so much stuff between you and him and the room is filled with all this decrepit, rotting garbage. And it's getting to the point where you start thinking to yourself, well, where did he go? And maybe a little bit, you know, well, was he ever even there to begin with? Well, and then you start thinking, well, am I, am I alone? And then you get to a point where you're like, I can't be alone. I can't. I feel like I'm choking. I feel like I'm dying. You're in the same exact room and you didn't feel those things before because you saw and felt the presence of Jesus Christ in your life. But you have allowed all this stuff to come in between you and him that you no longer see him. You no longer feel him. You, you feel alone. You feel despair. You feel hopeless. And at that point, the prospect of not going through this one more day, one more hour is so alluring, is so tempting that even life itself is not worth it anymore. And this is what happens. And, and for those of you out there that are thinking that, uh, you know, our community suicide is not a thing, it is a thing. It is a, it is a problem. Do you mean in our, like, American society or? Well, definitely not American society, but, but even in, in our everyday lives, right, in, in, our, in our culture, right? It's just hidden from you. You don't, you don't see it. People are suffering. People are hurting. People are going through incredible amounts of pain. It may not be as serious or, or as uh, life-changing as what these gentlemen have shared with us, but people are hurting, and yet they're showing up, and they're going to church, and they're your friends, and you're hanging out with them, and you don't even know. You don't even get to see past the mask, you know? And, and, and most of the time, the only person that knows is God himself. And God might use you to crack open a hole or to reach out to this person but how can god use us if we're not open to him how can god use us if we are so closed off to the other where all i'm focused on is my own needs and i just want to keep superficial relationships and you know what i'm just friends with this person because they can do x y and z for me right how can god use us to help his children if we ourselves are not close to him
if we ourselves are distant. And so all it takes is someone to be isolated, to feel alone, to feel hurt, to feel like they are not understood. And they are far from Christ. Not that God has left them, but they have left God. And the wolf comes. The roaring lion. Our enemy. For Satan walks around like a roaring lion ready to devour the sheep, as the, as the gospel says. And he devours the sheep. See, we want to sit here and think to ourselves, wow, such horrible stories. But I'm so glad these guys are, are, are with us and they're strong. But what about all the people that are not with us anymore? What about all the people that are thinking about not being with us anymore? What about all the people that maybe they lack the perspective that you you have, that you're blessed with? Maybe they lack the faith that God has blessed you with, the strength of character, the resiliency, right? What about them? Why do we not care? Why do we not invest? Why are we so busy judging each other or even sometimes, sadly, being the reason why people are hurt, our pain, the bullying, the judgment? All the things that, that, that hurt our Father in Heaven when He sees us doing these things to ourselves. You know, sometimes we fall and pray to the world's vision of living your life. Do you. You know, be you. Do whatever you want. Chase that bag. You know, it doesn't matter who's going to get hurt. Right? Do what you need to do. But we, we, we're not aware of just how, how destructive that is. So th- this, this concept of girls posing provocatively on the Internet, we've talked about it before. But... Can you read between the lines and understand what's really being said? What's being said is, there's, I do not value anything in here. I do not value anything in here. The only value that the world has told me is this, this temporary, this fleeting, this cage, right? And so if I am at a point in my life where I am low self-esteem, not confident in myself, so I'm going to accentuate the one thing that I think is good about myself. So don't, don't try to see what's in here. Don't try to see what's here. Just look at this physicalness and provide me with, with, with positive reinforcement. And yet we go around and we support that kind of culture. And all we're doing is feeding into this cycle. But is that really changing what's happening inside here? No, because it doesn't matter how many likes you get. It doesn't matter how, many, how popular you are. There's always someone more popular. There's, someone, there's always someone with more likes. And so what is happening to that person? They're being pushed further and further and further into despair, valuing themselves less and less and less to the point that something happens. The message for today is to love God and love your neighbor, is to always know that God is with you and that he is never going to leave you, is to, when you feel alone, when you feel like the world is closing in on you, when the room is getting so much darker than it ever was, to get on your knees and pray to the one person who's never left you, that will never leave you, that loves you more than anyone. It's the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and say, I know that you are here, but I don't feel you, I don't see you, I don't sense you. I know that you have never left me, but I have left you. Help me. Help me. And sometimes God will help us in ways that at first don't make any sense. Kevin, you said that yourself, right? You don't know why this is happening to you. But God knows. And if you have faith in his love and what he's doing for you, if you have faith in what he's trying to accomplish through you and you are willing to do his will, don't give up. Don't second guess. Know that he is there for you. Yes. Like going on your point, like just briefly, uh, what you said about just follow God or like it changed your life. Yes, I went through any. I went through the worst possible scenario I could have, but now looking at myself now, 
the pin is still there but I found something that I want to look forward to and like back a few minutes you said you might not uh, maybe people you don't think you're strong enough or you're worth it I I when I felt alone I felt that I was zero I was negative and nobody could help me so like later on months past almost a year I found someone who brought me up a little so I was clinging to this person because I needed them to get out of what I was in because everybody's telling me oh you're still in the hole and I didn't want to acknowledge that as a fact but what I'm saying is like my advice to people is no matter how weak or worthless you think are there's always a good inside of you that you just gotta believe in yourself and through believing in yourself God will show himself because if you believe in yourself that's like you're believing in God's creation which is you so in an indirect connection you're believing in God that he will help you out like I was clinging to the people's relationship because I needed it and they helped me get out of where I was like me now I'm really happy with what with what I learned from that experience losing my parent and yes it wasn't easy and there was uh, there was a lot of pain a lot of sadness a lot of crying but also it showed me the amount of people that surround me right now are like something that I could never ask for anything better and the only reason they are around is because of God and yes I hated God in the beginning because why would I have to go through this you see family people with their families and people living through the 80s 90s and my parents are like what the oldest was 60 or 59 and you think it's not fair but me now I'm thankful because I saw how people love me like from the first time we talked and this love is like unconditional like they're they're like first family second family third family so you lose the family but God always gives you more family so my advice I guess at the end just don't give up and accept it because and don't try to run away from it yeah well, what, what about you Kevin uh, what, what have you learned from this experience and uh, if you were able to speak directly to someone that's going through pain or hurt what would you say to them um, I mean so like even with Mark when his mom passed away and with people that I know that have parents that passed away recently I've I've never really said oh sorry for your loss because that's something I know that doesn't help and I know it hurts I just look at them hug them that's it I just give them the comfort that I know I needed when I was in that position um, and, and I feel like what I've learned was was pretty much the same thing Mark's not it's it's your faith grows so much after you you're you're in this rut for so long and then you you kind of finally accept it 
you learn to trust God. You learn that that what he did, like what happened, there's a reason behind it, like I was saying before, and it, it led up to something that like that you're proud of now, you know, like you're proud of who you are, you're proud of and blessed and thankful for the family or the friends or whatever is going on in your life now, you know, like it it's nothing would be the same, which I mean, a lot of people would argue to say that they would rather have the the opposite, you know, rather have that, but you don't know how that would end it, you know? So something I learned from that for sure. Yeah. Um the the love of God is is unconditional. Mm-hmm. And the hardest uh part about being in this world is learning to be like your father in that sense, mm-hmm. which is to love unconditionally. Uh, regardless of how difficult it is, or how difficult it is the other person is being, but to love even your enemies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, sometimes there's some shortcuts that are given to us, and they're a little bit painful, and uh, loss uh, or trauma or pain. If you take it uh, for, if you if you take it the way that the enemy wants you to take it, then you will get lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you take it the way God has given it to you. Uh, which is a blessing in many ways, taking that and making it a blessing, taking that which is evil and making it a blessing, then uh, you will understand the depths of God's love in ways that people who did not go through your experience probably may live and die and never really understand it, right? To be able to go through that pain and hold grasply, to grasp onto the hand of God, um, even through that pain, even through that sorrow, uh, brings you closer, gives you a deeper connection with him. And in many ways, that's the thing that God desires more than anything, to have a deep connection. He already knows everything about you, but do you know everything about him? And sometimes when our life, we're jolted awake, your eyes are wide open, and you see that everything around you is not working out, and everyone has left you, but there's this, this father in heaven, and he's holding onto your hand, and he's smiling, and he's not letting you go, and he, he hugs you, and you feel his love. I, I hope everyone can feel it, but I don't think everyone will, right? And sometimes going through pain, going through trauma, that's the quickest way to feel that. You know, I, my, my, my little boy, my, uh, my youngest, he's, he's not even two years old, and uh, he's very adventurous. He wants to go out and he wants to learn, but uh, sometimes he wants to show me something. And so he will, you know, doesn't matter what I'm doing, he'll come to my office, he'll grab me and say, Baba, Baba, come, come. And he'll grab my hand and he'll lead me out. And, uh, and I have no idea what he's going to show me, right? But it's always just a joy. It's like a little adventure. And we go and He'll show me, he says, Ida, like, what's this? And I'll explain to him what it is, and he doesn't understand it. And he'll just repeat what I say. Uh, tools? The tools? I'm like, yeah, 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 Habib, yeah, yeah, these are, these are tools. <laughs> like, he wants to understand what, what you do with it. Like, keda, keda? And he tries to, and the, the feeling that I had, these feelings that I have as a, as a father, I, would, I wouldn't change them for a world to, to, you know, to see my son learning about and experiencing things and, and bringing me into his experience and wanting to learn, right? Uh, and so when, when he's in pain, when he's hurt, it hurts me. Even if it's something as simple as like a, a scuff on, you know, on the knee or whatever, it hurts me. And I want to do everything in my power to uh, help him, to make him feel better, to be there for him, to let him know you're not alone. I'm here. Like your dad's here. Yeah. Okay. You got hurt. You got a little scrape on. on, on we can't, what, what are we going to do? Go back in time. We can't do that. But it's okay. It's okay. We're going to put it wash. We're going to put it in. We're going to move forward. Right. And we're going to learn from that experience and, and, you know, do what we can. And listen, but the most important thing is I love you. I love you. And I'm here for you regardless of what you need. This is how God feels with us. I think. This is, I mean, this is, I think, Mark, your story. This is how God wants you 
to f- know that that's how he feels. And he did it in your story by sending you people in your life. And he did it in your story by doing the same thing, surrounding you. But he also does it in, in ways that we may not be cognizant enough in, with the grace of God, right? The ability to love when you are being hurt. The ability to mature. The ability to pray when you don't want to pray. Even your soul inside you prays. The Holy Spirit inside prays for you, right? These are the gifts of God, the graces of God that God gives us in our moments of, of, of difficulty. And, and in the end, those are the things that make all the difference, right? These are the things that get us through. So don't ever forget that God loves you. And don't ever forget that you love God. A lot of people forget that second one. But you love God. You might not want to believe it, but, but you love God with all your heart. And as long as you're in tune with that, there's nothing that can ever hurt you or keep you down. So we're going to go ahead and uh, closing time. So now we're just going to go around the room. Everyone's going to talk about uh, what they learned, uh, what message they have for those that are out there. Um, and uh, just, you know, what what's important? What did you take away from this? Uh, let's start off with you, Marco. So I think uh, most, I think a very important thing to take away from all this is uh, to always see the the good in any situation you know like always look for the silver lining see how god is trying to bless you through times of struggle and take it as a learning experience and grow definitely karen go i think uh, one of the most important things i learned today is that god's love is infinite and regardless of what he puts you through um he sees you he sees your pain he sees your struggles and he's going to be there with you Um, So take your time, get angry, but definitely reach out and talk to him. He will be there for you. Kevin, go. Um, Definitely patience. Patience is one of the biggest things to take from all of this. Like everything you're going through now, whoever's listening, um, it takes time. It's not going to happen right away and you're not going to see it coming. But just keep your eyes and your ears open for the Lord because he is coming. Is there, Mark? Uh, what I learned was uh, no matter how hard uh, life is, with God in your life, there's nothing that you cannot bear or take without Him approving of it, and knowing that you can take it no matter how long the journey can be. Like it can take you years to get back to Him, but He knows you will come back to Him because what i know or what i believe from people telling me that uh no matter what happens god has a plan for you and he will not give you a load that's stronger on you that will take you down but it will take you up and help you become a better person and my advice to people who hear this is even if you think your problem is very small don't hold it inside because i tried doing this and it wasn't good talk to people and talk to people you love make your parents your friends talk to them and explain to them how you feel because on the long run it's you will be happy to let out how you feel because bottling up all of this won't be good like it will hurt you more than it will benefit you and it will make you have characteristics that you wish you didn't have. And always believe in yourself. That's all. Yeah. Justine. I don't have anything to add, so copy and paste everyone else. <laughs> everyone said everything that 
you know, everyone brought up great points about having faith. Um, you know, take your troubles on with God, face them head on. Um, but like Kevin and Karen said, take your time with it. You know, grieving is an important part of, um, you know, losses or um, big life changes. So it's okay to be sad. It's okay to feel these emotions. They are, it's natural. You know, we, we're humans. Um, but always accompany God with you at all times to make sure that you are experiencing these emotions in a healthy way and so that he can pull you out of the sad emotions and, and turn it into a life-changing event. So the Bible says, our, our Lord and Savior says in the Bible, um, the world has many tribulations, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. What does that mean? What does it mean that our Lord has overcome the world? What, what does it mean that we should be happy even in the face of the most difficult moments of our lives? It means this. At the end of your life, when you have lived it and it is time for you to be one with God, what's going to matter is not necessarily what you were able to achieve from a materialistic perspective, what job you had, how much money you had, what social status you came. None of that really is going to matter. But what is going to matter is what you did for those around you, how you lived your life according to God's will, according to God's way of life, and most importantly, what you did with this gift that we call life. And if you invested your talents and you invested your abilities in serving God and serving others, if you uh, fought hard to remember God even in the most difficult moments of your life, and did the same for those around you if you remembered uh at the end of the day that you are nothing without god and without humility and without compassion life is very dull and boring and sad if you're able to live your life according to those tenets then you will have lived not only a good life on earth but you will live a life of eternity of, of goodness and happiness and eternal joy and the world around us is not set up uh to remind us of this in fact it's the opposite it's meant to tell us it's a zero-sum game you do you you know if someone hurts you you hurt them back um you are only valuable uh you know based you're only valued based off of how much you make or all these materialistic things but the truth of the matter is that's not true it's a lie it's it's a fallacy and if we can just remember you must be like one of these little ones in order uh to be achieve the kingdom of god god was talking about children and if we can just remember to be like the children that God created, the children of God, where we're innocent, and pure, and even when the worst thing happens in the world, like we fall down a set of stairs and we're crying and we're like, oh, my head, and, and God, God is there. God is there as our Father to pick us up, to hug us, to hold us, to fix our boo-boos, to kiss us. And then what happens with children? Do they remember it the next day? No, they're back to being themselves. Now, that's an oversimplification of what happens in some of these tribulations that we have in life. And obviously, it's going to take a lot longer. It's going to be a lot more painful. But at the end of the day, the principles are the same. God is there. He's our Father. He wants to love us. He wants to guide us. And He's not going to let anything permanently hurt us. He's not going to let any pain, emotional or physical or whatnot, uh, keep us from achieving our peace. The peace of the Lord be with you, right? Or And our happiness and our eternal happiness at that. And it's not enough to just to do that for yourself. But... Look to your left and look to your right. Look at the people in your life and ask yourself, are they okay? Do they need someone to check in with them? Maybe I haven't heard from someone for a little bit too long. Maybe I saw a post online that maybe concerns me about this person. Maybe I should check in and see how they're doing. The community that God has created is so important that we must maintain it. The church is so important 
We must love each other the way God loves us. And sometimes, as you guys both have said, sometimes one it just takes one person to reach out at the right time, at the right moment, with the right words, that kind of will save us in more ways than, than we'd like to admit. So if we don't do this, if, if we don't learn resilient, how to be resilient in the face of adversity, if we don't learn how to grasp God's hand and to crawl into his love and to his uh, embrace in the moments of our greatest need, if we don't learn to do this for ourselves and for others, then what is the future of this church? What is the future of this community? And that's what you got to ask yourself. So uh, thank you so much for uh, watching. I mean, it was such a blessing uh, that you guys joined us today. Uh, if you're local, we want to see you. We're going to talk about this for the next two meetings this month. So uh, join us uh, at St. Mary's Delray. Uh, uh, actually, it's, it's this week, this time around. But check our socials for the latest. Uh, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, hit us up on our social media. Uh, we're here. We want to hear how you're doing. Uh, we want to help you in any possible way. If something you heard today uh, really hit home with you, or if you have questions, or if you're going through something, reach out to us You know, on our socials. We'll get back to you ASAP. Uh, if you're interested in the Orthodox Church, reach out to us. We'll help you find the, latest, the, the, the closest Orthodox Church. And remember, God loves you. We love you. Bye, everybody.